Hello and welcome to the Chair's Corner from the Department of Medicine at the University of North Carolina. We're beginning a new series talking about novel therapies. We'll get to hear from experts in several divisions in our department who will tell us about treatments that have recently been approved by the Food and Drug Administration, otherwise known as the FDA. We'll explain the drug effectiveness, side effects, and concerns and questions that people have raised. Today we're going to discuss Galifold, a new treatment for Fabre's disease. We recently discussed Fabre's in our last episode, so if you haven't checked that out, you may want to do so before you listen to this podcast. In it, we talked with a patient who has Fabre's, Jerry Walter, and his kidney doctor, Dr. Jerry Halatic. We welcome both of them back today. Jerry Walter, who is a retired United States Army colonel, has Fabre's disease. He's also the founder and president of the National Fabre's Disease Foundation. We also welcome back Jerry Halatic, who is the Doc J. Thurston Distinguished Professor of Medicine and Chief of the Division of Nephrology and Hypertension at the University of North Carolina. Thank you both for talking with us again today. Thanks, Dr. Falk. Thank you. Dr. Halatic, tell us a little bit about Galifold and when it was approved. Well, on August 10th of this year, the medical and Fabry community were excited to learn that the FDA finally approved Galifold, or Migalistat as it's known, for the treatment of Fabry's disease. And how does that medicine work? Well, it's a chaperone molecule. So you know that a chaperone on a date is somebody who comes along to watch things. And in this case, the drug is the chaperone. So with Fabry's disease, there's a abnormal enzyme, and that abnormal enzyme is chaperoned into the lysosome, that part of the cellular machinery where it needs to get to be effective in breaking down fatty molecules. In the last episode, we learned that Fabry's disease is caused by a deficiency in an enzyme. Remind us what that enzyme is called. So the enzyme is alpha-galactosidase A, and uh, the gene is... Uh, GLA. And uh, remember that this enzyme, it's, uh, the levels are quite low, and uh, they're not effective in clearing the cell of this fat called uh, GL3. And the chaperone helps alpha-galactosidase now get into the cell? Precisely. So it stabilizes the molecule so that it can go through the machinery of the cell and get into the lysosome where it needs to be to be effective in breaking down fat. Even if you have a very small amount of the enzyme, whatever amount of enzyme you have now works better than it did by itself. Precisely. So this molecule then joins forces with the enzyme to get into the cell to have the enzyme work. That's right. What patient will this drug be best used for? Well, unfortunately, it turns out the drug is not effective in every patient with Fabry's disease. Uh, it turns out that about 30 to 50 percent of people with the disease are candidates for this drug. And this can be decided based on what their genetic mutation is or with a bioassay where you can test whether or not the drug will uh, be effective in clearing GL3. 
Are there any side effects associated with this drug? There are. Uh, now, one of the big breakthroughs of this medicine is the first oral medication available for the treatment of Fabry's disease. It's dosed every other day, so that's much more convenient than the classic treatment, which is treating by replacing the missing enzyme. Remember, that's an infusion that patients have to receive every two weeks. There is an enzyme replacement therapy. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Well, there's two products on the market. One is called Fabrizyme. The other is Replegal. Fabrizyme is used in the U.S. It's an infusion. Basically, it's the enzyme, agalcitase, that's infused every two weeks. And the advantage and disadvantages of that molecule or of that drug? Well, the advantage is you're replacing what's defective, and uh, there's good evidence showing that it's quite effective, particularly if it started early. The downside is you have to have an in, intravenous uh, infusion every two weeks throughout your entire life. That's right. How long does that infusion take, Jerry? Mine takes about uh, four hours at the moment. I've gotten down as uh, quick as three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> Some people, you start out when you're in, uh, I was in clinical trials in 2002, and you start out with about a five to six hour infusion, and then you progressively step up the rate. And, uh, and so according to the label, you can get down to about a two hour infusion, but everyone's body doesn't like it that fast. The advantage of Galifold then is it's an oral medication. You take it by mouth. What are the side effects of Galifold? most common one is headache uh, in clinical trials. You can also get nose and throat irritation. Uh, there are some reports of urinary tract infection or febrile reactions. And how effective is it for those individuals for whom it's going to work? So for patients who have what are called amenable mutations, these are the patients where the drug's going to work. It appears to be very effective. Uh, there are now two trials showing equal efficacy with enzyme replacement therapy, at least over the short term. It's important to note that this drug was approved by the FDA's accelerated approval pathway. And so it's come to trial relatively early, which is great for patients. But we do need further confirmatory studies to document efficacy in the long term. So how do you as a physician know that this drug is actually doing what it's supposed to do? Well, you can follow symptoms. So, for example, if a patient uh, was having uh, painful crises in the past, they went away with enzyme replacement therapy, and now they switch to this drug, if they recur, certainly that would be a concern. Uh, when would a patient need to stop taking Galifold? Well, the most obvious reason would be if they're having intolerable side effects, such as headache, and next would be if they had evidence of treatment failure, such as an acceleration in their symptoms or signs of progression of kidney disease. Colonel Walter, can you tell us about all the therapies you've had for Fabrase? Well, for myself, I've only ever had enzyme replacement therapy personally. And I started uh, on my birthday in 2002. And so I've been on enzyme replacement therapy every two weeks for almost 16 years. And for me, it's, I think it's saved my life. I think it has uh, kept my kidneys stable. I think it has improved my heart clinically. I don't think. I know it's improved my heart clinically. Even though I still have heart issues, I didn't um, start therapy until I was 48 years old. So in my case, I've been very fortunate. Um, I've lost several family members to Fabry disease before treatment was available under the age of 50, which is 
the statistical um, prediction. And so I think, uh, so when I learned I had fibroid disease, the average age of death of an untreated male was only 41. And then later on through dialysis and transplants, it became 50. Now it's cited as 58 years old, um, average age of death, but not for untreated because now, you know, we have so, so many people getting treated. Um, the average age of death in general is cited as 58. When you heard that Gallifold was approved by the FDA, what were your reactions? Well, my reaction from a community standpoint is it's very exciting and, and uh, great news. Personally, I have a deletion mutation, which means I'm missing part of the gene, and Gallifold won't work on people that have insertion or deletion mutations, an extra part or a missing part, but it'll work on a certain type of mutation that, as Dr. Halatic spoke of, a certain percentage, I think in our previous session, it'll only work on a certain percentage. But for those people, it's exciting because it um, it's easier to take. You know, right. you take a capsule every other day in lieu of biweekly IVs, which is tremendous travel time and and uh, convenience of, of you know not having to leave work or leave school for an IV infusion are, are definite huge benefits. Um, we'll just wait and see over time how effective it actually is for everyone who's taking it. And but but it's very promising. Have you heard any concerns from individuals in your foundation from patients? Um, concerns in terms of well, the biggest concern is that everyone can't take it. So now we have this new product on the market, and it's only good for a certain for percentage of our population. So, you know, everyone wishes they could take a shot at it yeah. and see if it would be better. But in terms of the medication itself, I haven't heard anything about any serious reactions or problems. You know, we'll learn whether, even though it seems much simpler, whether compliance taking the medication is an issue or not. There are some restrictions about not eating for two hours before or after, of taking it every day when you're supposed to. And so we'll see how all that turns out. What suggestions do you have for somebody with Fabrase who's just starting enzyme replacement therapy or, or other treatments, including right. Gallifold? Right. So I think we've, we definitely learned that it's not a one-size-fits-all disease or one-size-fits-all treatment. So I think enzyme replacement therapy is going to work very well for many people. They may choose it over the easier. Um, well, they may not have a choice if they can't take it, but even some have people have elected to continue taking enzyme replacement therapy. That may be just uh, because it's so new they're not ready to make that switch. Um, I think everyone just has to figure out what best works for them. Um, you know, so it's, we know that there are people that can't take enzyme replacement therapy um, due to uh, infusion-related reactions or other problems. We know already that there may be some people that, you know, can't take um, Gallifold for various reasons. But I think it's just uh, something we'll learn over time. What other questions or issues would you think people would want us to talk about about Gallifold? What we hear a lot and questions we have are, how do I get my, my mutation tested? Or, um, you know, how do I take the first step into getting the new treatment? 
some people are having problems with insurance. Insurance, for one reason or another, doesn't want to uh, make the change, won't pay for Gallifold. So all those issues have to be worked out so that everyone gets what works best for them. Are there new uh, drugs that are on the horizon? In addition to the two treatments that we now have and three in Europe, a second enzyme replacement therapy in other countries, we've got two substrate reduction therapies being worked on where the drug would make your body produce less substrate, lose less global trial GL3, and therefore you don't have to get rid of as much. And then there's three um, uh, gene therapies that are in, in progress right now, three different uh, solutions. So we have still a lot to look forward to. And, and the gene therapy solution is, you know, in theory, is a one-time deal. You take the medication and you've cured fibroid disease in, in essence. So Wouldn't that be wonderful? It would be wonderful. Especially if uh, for And children. it's just uh, we have so much to look forward to. We're so fortunate as, as it is to have treatments available. But um, as I, I've said before, our prognosis is so much brighter. Uh, thank you, uh, Jerry Walter and uh, Jerry Halatic, for joining us today. It's really been a pleasure. I'm always anxious to uh, further our cause and uh, spread awareness of fibro disease and its treatments. Right. Thanks so much. Thanks so much to our listeners for tuning in. Our next episode in the series will be on new diabetes treatments with Dr. John Buse. You can subscribe to the Chairs Corner on iTunes, SoundCloud, or like us on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. 